Looking for a new podcast to listen to? Then check out our friends, the Broken Lord Tabletop Podcast. Let them tell you about it. Why can't he put you in the shark? Because you can't grapple a ghost. <laughs> Fucking obviously. You can't, he's a ghost. You can't grapple a ghost. It's cool as a kid. There's only a dead body involved. Exactly. Very full. Sometimes when you do some crime, people die. And it's okay. We're the Broken Lords. We provide the finest actual play RPG related nonsense this side of the internet. Follow us on Twitter at Lords Broken. And give us a listen on any major podcasting platform. This podcast contains adult content with depictions of violence and gore. Listener discretion is advised. Out of the darkness and into the fire. Travelers. Oh, don't mind us. Just playing a little role-playing game. You look like a band of merry travelers that would enjoy such a game. Come on, play around with us and take a roll of the dice. Willa parked her car in front of the toy box with a sigh. She really needed this after the week she endured. Z and Jax already stood at the entrance of their joint solace. Willa exited her car, the crunching of her dog Martins swiveling the heads of her game mates in her direction. Ah, our fair wench has finally graced us with her blasphemous presences. Knock it off, Z. I'm not in the mood. Besides, I haven't played a wench since our 2018 campaign. Yep. You are still- Have you talked to Zach? Jax, ever the peacekeeper, injects himself between his oldest friends, his redirection fooling no one. But ceasing the argument nonetheless, Willa pulled her phone from her back pocket, scrolling through her messages to see if there was a missed one from Zach. There were none. With a roll of her eyes, she brought her attention back to her friends. Not a peep, but you know how he is. When is he ever on time? <sighs> this shit is really starting to get old. If he wasn't such a good DM, I would have voted him out years ago. You say that every time, even when he's only like a minute late, and we both know you wouldn't vote him out. 
As the founding member of this ragtag shit show, I wish to vote him out fourth hence. Oh, I didn't know we were in a dictatorship. Come on, I'm freezing my bits off. Let's wait inside. The band of merry mates snickered and heckled as they stepped inside their haven. The toy box had seen better days. Once, it may have been considered a jewel to many, but was now nothing more than a rhinestone with chipped edges. Warhammer Sentinels stood guard at the gates. Glass tombs displayed lightly dusted figurines from Star Wars to Goku, and rows upon rows of comic texts lay scattered around the room, some in plastic, others not. Blue walls were faded gray. The carpet smelled of old Mountain Dew, and lighting was dismal. But was home to this band of four. The toy box was owned by a round man named Hank, an elderly purveyor who turned hobby into career. He was kind, although a tad odd, but that seemed to make him fit more. The players had used the toy box for years now, Hank keeping the lights on for them well past the open sign being switched off. Tonight, he greeted them with a polite nod as he counted his till. So, Zach's late again, I see. The group groaned in unison at the owner's astute observation. Any new DC additions in, Hank? Oh, still nothing. I'm pretty sure those folks have writer's block or artist block or whatever you want to call it. Either way, not much has come in for you. Jack smiled at the older man as his thumbs numbly flipped through comics he had already read twice over. Willa and Z bickered near the tabletop setup, but Jack's tuned them out. They were always on the precipice of war. However, both were trigger shy. Their jabs and jeers were comforting, lulling Jax's worrying mind. The clock's hands waved on, displaying minute after minute of the now late hour. The young gamers grew restless. <sighs> I can't take it anymore. He's not coming. Zack has finally bailed on us. Should have let me vote him out. Jax held a finger up to Z, attempting to silence their friend. They weren't in the mood for his candid bullshit. The phone rang, and rang some more, ending with Zack's cheery voicemail. Jax pocketed his phone with frustration. Well, I guess we should call it a night, guys. I'm still only getting his voicemail. Willa rolled her eyes her Doc Martin slamming into the floor as she leapt off one of the tabletops. This is fucking bullshit. For once, I agree with the wench. Willa glared at Z, but said nothing. The old insult no longer holding any venom. The group began to collect their belongings as Hank appeared from the back room. They assumed the old man went to take a nap in his office while they waited, but he appeared wide awake, a glint in his eyes as he asked the bizarre trio if their benevolent dungeon master had yet to arrive. The group confirmed in unison, seeming to put the subject of Zack and his tardiness behind them. The shop owner scratched his beard before nodding his head, as if coming to a resolution. Well, it's, it's a shame you drove all this way for nothing. I'm sure you guys know I DM from time to time. I even have a decent room in the back. I'm, I'm sure you all have heard rumors of it. Hank trailed off, pausing to reel each one of them in. The three friends 
looked at each other. Indeed, they had heard the rumors. Rumors of the most fantastical D&D room imaginable, hidden behind the old comic shop, flooded among their community for years. They all nodded, silently communicating their decision. They had always been curious about the back room. What time like now to finally see it for themselves? With a wide smile, Hank led them down the dim hallway to his private game room. Pushing the door open, Hank waved them inside. They stepped in and said nothing. C opened his mouth, but couldn't find a snarky comment to say, thus let it hang open as they gaped at what lay before them. Lavish banners hung from three walls of the room, each designed with ornate crests for various factions, the most prolific cities in the realm, and some even that were unrecognizable to the three as they represented secret societies they had yet to come across. Wooden-winged beasts with plush satin cushions surrounded a round oak table. Mountain ranges and valley slopes ran rogue throughout a three-dimensional map. Rivers bubbled and snaked at their feet, and through plains of vast hamlets and cities rose around them for their resources. Trees sprouted on nearly every inch of the scape, shielding small animal figurines from view. The scene already had miniature monsters and heroes scattered haphazardly on the map, each painted with so much detail you would think they were living, breathing things. The room was topped with a low-hanging antique chandelier, but the most eye-catching were the two banners adorning the walls at the head of the space. Sitting side by side, with twin long blades crossed between them, were two banners, both dark in nature, but completely opposite of its neighbor. The one on the left depicted a full moon on a clear night. Its material black, however, still shining with the effect of stars splattered within its sky. The banner glowed with the luminescence of the chaotic goddess, Saloon. Soft and gentle, yet teeming with mischievous promise. The second banner was black of shadows. The light that touched its surface was consumed greedily by its threads. A screaming gray skull looked upon the newcomers with so much hunger, the group shivered under its gaze. Please, take a seat. Leave your things by the door. I, I have things for everybody to play tonight's game. Give me a moment. I'll pour refreshments for everyone. The gamers shuffled closer, too in shock to reply. This is fucking incredible. The old friends beamed at one another, rushing forward to examine the table more closely. Willa still said nothing, too in awe of the grandness of it all to form words. Her fingers danced lightly over the banners, 
as she circled the room. The fabric bit soft under her nimble caress. Hank's voice startled her as she spun to meet the older man. Beautiful, aren't they? I had them commissioned by a, an excellent seamstress who specializes in graphic design for tapestry. Each one represents a city I've seen in the game or a faction I've stumbled across. All a physical story in my life in the game. Willow beamed at Hank as he drifted into his memory. The owner of the toy box really loved this game and its players. It warmed her heart and she appreciated this opportunity even more. Shaking himself from his memory, Hank pulled a silver tray towards Willa. Atop it sat four silver goblets. They fizzled and popped, purple smoke pluming along the rims. What's this? Just my own concoction. I like to whip it up for players. I call it Zacharon's Tears. Are we tempting fate by being here? Hank smiled at the younger players. A glint forming in his eyes, Willa had begun to recognize as the DM mischievous look. It was a look every DM got before throwing something devious at their players. Perhaps. Or perhaps it'll tip you just in the right direction. The group sat with their libations, the room buzzing with anticipation of what was to come. Hank's table housed hidden compartments in front of each player's seat. A small tray folded out toward them with a space for their drinks, a notebook and pen with strategy writing, and six divots where the standard dice sat. Hank traveled from player to player with a red velvet lined case holding rows upon rows of crystal dye. They winked at each of them under the chandelier light. They chose their weapons and then raised their goblets. Thank you for allowing me to host this one-time campaign for you. I hope but to make it a memorable one. I've decided on a simple quest for a treasured item would be best for tonight's festivities. So let us toast to seekers and to the prize. May they fight gallantly. May their souls be true, lest they find their souls forfeit and consumed by the task at hand. They cheered, saluting to the adventure ahead. They drank liberally from their goblets, the drink filling their bellies, making their limbs tired and weak. The goblets clattered to the floor, the world tilting, before the world before their eyes went dark. Bright light shoved its way under Willa's eyelids. Her head drummed painfully, a groan slipping from her chapped lips. Hesitantly, she opened her eyes to discover a cloudless blue sky staring back at her. Confused, Willa sat up, but instantly regretted the hasty action. Her stomach rolled beneath her skin, her mouth going dry. Oh no. She was going to be sick. After emptying the contents of her stomach, Willa began to reassess her surroundings. What the hell happened? A groan to Willa's right caught her attention as she turned to the sound. She screamed, <coughs> scrambling back on all fours. A behemoth of a creature 
rolled to a standing position next to her. It was at least eight feet tall, its muscles as big as redwoods. It spoke in a gnarled voice, as if the words were too tiny for its giant mouth. What happened? Where are we? The beast looked down, spotting Willa. Holy shit, what are you? The thing stumbled back, careening with the trees and crashing to the forest floor, its eyes bulging out of its too large head. Me? What the fuck are you? From the looks of it, an elf. And that catastrophe is a barbarian. The newly minted elf and barbarian gape at the man leaning against one of the trees nearby. There isn't anything remarkable about the man with his plain brown eyes and long wavy brown hair. Although, he does look like he is ready for his role as one of Robin Hood's men. Delicate pouches hang from a woven belt around his hip, along with two twin daggers at his thighs. However, the lilt in his voice would suggest... See? In the flesh, my elfish tart. The barbarian picks himself off the ground to stare at the elf and the human, scratching his head in confusion. Why are you so small? Seems like your brain shrunk when you entered that body. You're an eight-foot barbarian now, Jax. Do you understand me, oh large one? The barbarian takes a swipe at his friend, but the human is too nimble for the larger creature's hand. Do you know what happened, Z? Not a clue. I only woke up a few minutes before you looking, well, like this. The only thing that I could conclude is... Black smoke plumed into the center of the trees. Wispy tendrils coiled around their ankles and at the base of the trees, overshadowing the brightness of the day. The friends shrink together as a figure emerges from the raven vapor. Velvet midnight robes replaced the shadowed fog. The figure was hooded and stood tall with an onyx staff clutched within fingers only comprised of ivory bone. As the hooded figure's head rose to meet them, the group gasped audibly in unison. A skeletal skull with twin blue flames for eyes stared back at them. I see you lot have arrived well and intact. Welcome, players, to the realm. The players gaped at the newcomer, who seemed oblivious to their shock. With a creaking of bones, the figure flares his wrists in a sweeping gesture, showcasing itself off like the prize of the afternoon. It is I, master of ceremonies, your glorious game commander, your taker of souls, Torva Messor. The being named Torva Messor bows to the group, undoubtedly waiting for gasps of awe and sounds of appreciation. Who the fuck is that? Hank, you dim-witted buffoon. Realization flashes across each of their faces as they take in Torva with new understanding. Hank? I thought I made it clear already, but for the sake of the dull-minded, I will repeat myself. I am Torva Messor, your master of- Yeah, yeah, you're a master of shit and other blah, 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 blah. What does that have to do with why we are here in the realm? The simplest answer? You're here because I will it. Um, what is the 
unsimple answer. A gesture that could only be named as a smile prowls across Torva's bony mouth, the action splitting the skeleton face wider as if to consume them all on the spot. The effect causing Willa to step back suddenly, realizing they are in much bigger trouble than they envisioned. The unsimple answer is that by accepting my invitation to play my rendition of this little game, you have formally consented to my challenge. And what exactly is that challenge? Complete the simple task of acquiring my phylactery in the city at the border of these woods in one day's time, and then you and your friends are free to exit. Fail or die within your allotted time, and your souls are forfeit to me. That's it? That's it. A shadowed hand bloomed with a wave as Torva's staff and map appeared in the space over the players. I shall bestow upon you a map to guide you on the journey. It should contain all you need to complete the quest. But, but, but how exactly will we know this phylactery of Lich when we see it? What's the fun in giving you that information, hmm? You will know the item when you see it. Best of luck, travelers. You had better be on your way. The clock is already ticking. With that, the smoke retracted into the space of nothingness and winked out as if Torva was never even there to begin with. Well, this is horseshit. For once, I agree with you. What the hell are we supposed to do? Play the game. What else is there to do? Come on, you guys. This is the adventure of all adventures. How many people can say they actually played in the game and not just move the pawns around? This is a once in a lifetime chance, you guys. Yeah, once in a lifetime chance to die. You really think he meant your soul is mine shit? Do we really want to find out? I don't think we have much choice in that regard. With no further discussion required, the team plucked the map from the air and began their quest to find the lynch. The map was easy enough to read. It displayed them as three red dots slowly progressing on the road. A cluster of towns was crudely drawn ahead of them, which the group figured had to be the location the lynch was hidden in. It did not take the group long to stumble across trouble. As they crossed through the dense trees, a band of goblins emerged from the shadows, blocking their path. Oh look, the welcome committee is here. The goblins snarled, black tar oozing from their crushed lips. One stepped forward and began speaking in a language none of the players recognized. But what was clear was the threat as the goblin pulled a sword from its sheath brandishing it at the players. Aw, little buddy wants to play. Shut the fuck up, Z! Hey, hey, what are you doing? Z ignored his friend and moved closer to the awaiting goblins, deciding that he would confront the obviously false threat, thus leading the group effectively out of harm's way while proving his point. Unbeknownst to Z, however, the dice rolled and it was not in his favor. 
Without preamble, the goblin leader swung his sword in an upward arc towards Z. Surprised by the sudden movement, the player had little time to dodge the blow as his fellow competitors screamed in horror. The sword connected with Z's abdomen, slicing through the thin gauzy material of his shirt into the soft flesh from hip to shoulder. Z howled in pain, dropping like a stone to the forest floor. This was no lie. This game was real. They were real within the game, and from the looks of Z's wound, they could be hurt and worse. Thinking quickly, Jax heft a tree from the ground and swept it through the gang of goblins, as if sweeping away dust from a dirty floor. He roared in anger, and his assailants sailed through the tops of the trees. Ducking under the barbarian, Willow ran to Z to check his wounds. Shit, 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 shit. You fucking cocky idiot! Willa's hand shook as she surveyed the damage. The gash was ugly, the skin angrily puckering under the fabric of the shirt. But it wasn't too deep. Willow rummaged through the pockets of Z's pants. What are you, what are you doing? Want to get one last rub, rub down before I'm gone? <laughs> as much as I want to throttle you for that joke, no, idiot! You play a human sorcerer every time we play! keeping track of my players now. Stop talking! You're only going to make yourself weaker by talking! Weak? <coughs> I'll show you. Are you weak? Even injured, you have to fight, Z. Just shut up, okay? What Willa is trying to get at is you probably have some magic healing salve or potion on you. If these are the characters we normally play, then we're probably equipped with everything we normally are. So stop struggling and let Willa find what she needs to help you. Everything doesn't have to be a fucking battle. The friend stared at the Goliath before them, eyes wide with his uncharacteristic outburst. I found some salve in one of your pouches. What still will I apply it, okay? We should probably find some cover too. If my theories are correct and this is just like any other game of D&D, then a full night's rest should restore you to full health at first light. But we have to get moving and find some shelter if we want to survive the night. We need to do more than survive the night, Jax. We need to win this thing because I am not turning my soul over to that piece of shit Grim Reaper wannabe. Twice now, my wretched friend, we are in agreement. And so, the trio set off to find a place to hunker down for the night and prepare for the trails of the morrow. Unbeknownst to the players, the dice rolled as they settled in, and it was not in their favor. The sun blazed high in the cloudless sky as the trio trudged toward the town on the map. Once the sun rose, they learned with much relief their strengths and health were returned to 100% once more. The walk was silent, each member of the party retreating to the depths of their minds for one reason or another. As they crested a hill, the small mortar city came into view. The trio high-fived, racing down the grassy knoll. The streets were already bustling, vendors peddling their wares, taverns already filled to the brim with patrons. It was unlike anything they had witnessed before. As they rounded the corner, a wrinkled parchment caught Z's keen eye. Huh. Well, the least they could do is get my charming good looks right. What? Z tore the announcement from the building, displaying it for the others. Got you right, though, Jax. Bacon eyes and all. <laughs> Let me see that. Willa snatches the poster from Z and gasps, 
Each one of them gazes back at her, a crude but uncanny likeness of the three. A large reward for them printed at the bottom. A reward to be given, dead or alive. We need to get out of the main street now. No shit, Sherlock, but how do you suggest hiding Paul Bunyan over here? Z hooks a thumb in the direction of Jax, the Goliath's face growing paler as he takes in the wanted poster. Willa hastily drags her friends into a dark alley lined with drying linen. She snatches the fabric from their resting place, throwing some at the men. You're a human sorcerer, Z. Sorcerer us some fucking disguises or something. Yes. Oh, now you want my help. Right now? Guys. Yes. For once, can you just not be a selfish asshole? Oh, I'm the asshole. Well, if it walks like a duck and bullshits like a duck. Oh, fuck you. Die! The bickering friends whirl on the giant, each seething for different reasons. At the end of the stout alley, soldiers file in, weapons drawn. Well, shit, run! The trio dashed the way they came and into the busy market. Patrons screamed and shouted obscenities as they vaulted over stands. Well, except for Jax, who merely barreled through them, the stock inside flying skyward. That would be a perfect time to use that sorcerer power, Z. All right, all right, don't get your giant panties in a wad. Z whispers under his breath as the others hold theirs. A gust of cyclone wind snares the players, carrying them to the foot of the castle entrance. How do you like that for door-to-door service? About damn time. Now we just need to figure out how to get in. I've got that covered. Casting the makeshift cape aside and rolling up his sleeve, Jack stomped to the closed gate. Meaty fingers slithered under the wood as he heaved, neck muscles bulging from exertion. With a roar, the gate begins to lift. With a final cry and nearly all his strength expended, the gate slammed home, revealing an empty hallway. Z patted the Goliath on his bicep. Way to go, big guy. <laughs> you let these uh, guns go to waste. <laughs> Come on, let's find the phylactery, summon Torva, and go the fuck home. I like the way you think. It's not all you like, is it? You say something? No, 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 nothing at all. Nothing at all. With a beat of awkward silence, the group moved into the castle, poking their heads in every nook and cranny. They tore apart the first level, inch by inch. Let's split up. Cover more ground. Good idea, Willa. I'll go high. You guys go low. Peace. Z, wait. Z jingled down the hall, waving mischievously over his shoulder as he disappeared around a corner. The unlikely couple moved lower which was not the right move to make. Hey, Willa. Yeah? I, uh, I wanted to ask you something. Jax didn't get to ask his something. As the duo moved into the new hallway, they were greeted by a staggering number of guards. Run! Once again, the players found themselves running for their lives, all pretenses of their characters cast aside as their real and frightened selves pushed forward. Shaking herself from her fear, Willa reaches into her satchel, digging out the map. She unfolds it before sliding around a corner, Jax narrowly missing the corridor. Yes! Willa stops dead, Jax skidding to a halt a foot behind her. What are you doing? Not running anymore. We are just some human players, remember? It's time we stopped acting like some, and we just so happen to be in the perfect room to make a stand. 
Jax takes in the room for the first time and grins. Willa's quick examination of the map revealed an armory lined with rows of long bows and quivers, swords, and other medieval devices. Willa snatched a bow from the nearest wall just as the first soldier crested the door. Praying her character instincts would take control, Willa knocked the arrow and let it fly. This time, the action was in their favor. The arrow hit home, the guard slamming into another, causing a pileup at the door. Willa hit the floor just as a massive warhammer collided with the soldier teeming to get inside. Faces and torsos disconnected from their owners, leaving heaps of bloody legs and spilled organs at the armory entrance. Holy fuck. Willa took a step back, the carnage churning her insides as she watched the insides of others royal before her. She turned to her friend, but he was no longer present. Before her raged a barbarian, the likes she had never fathomed. Face no longer pale, but as red as the blood painting the walls, Jax roared into the fray, a battle axe in his large mitts. Soldiers' limbs bisected as he swung, blood spraying onto Willa's face. She nearly dropped her bow and quiver, but a soldier lunged for her, her instincts taking over, an arrow flying from her fingertips before she can stop herself the silver embedding itself deep into the soldier's eye socket. An endless stream of foes moved in on them. However, the players were lost to their characters, both fighting with abandon. As the head of the last soldier rolled to Jax's feet, Willa finally came back to herself and vomited into a puddle of blood. Jax stood at the door, chest heaving, entrails and other nameless gore laying like offerings at his feet. Willa moved to her friend's side, wiping her mouth, her fingers smelling of copper, wetness grazing across her pouting lips. She pulled the mat from her pocket, its folds surprisingly clean. Uh, the artifacts room is that way. <laughs> okay, let's go. Jax's massive hand engulfed Willa, causing her to let out a small squeak. The barbarian's red hue remained, as well as his tempered breathing, as he tucked the rogue elf protectively to his chest and stepped over the carnage. Willa did her best to ignore the newly decorated space, but the pained groans of the soldiers still alive would haunt her for many years to come. Afraid to send her friend into another blind rage, Willa took in the map and pointed in the direction of the artifacts room. With each thunderous step, Jack's body seemed to relax more. But that wasn't enough to reassure Willa that Jack's was somehow lost inside his character's mind. Sandy-colored stone passed in a blur as they moved deeper into the unknown domain, finally arriving at a tall wooden door. It was still ajar, soft specks of light dancing through the open air. We're, we're here. Set me down, please. The barbarian grunted, but set Willa down gently before checking the hallway for more threats. Willa inched towards the door, but her hand stopped just above the large brass handle as noises from the room beyond filtered to her ears. Pressing herself against the frame, Willa paused, ears twitching to catch another note of disturbance from inside. Feet shuffled, a string of curses and obviously pilfering floated to her pointed ears. There's someone in there. What are you thinking? Storming and catching by surprise? Could be another set of players. Willa jumped, not expecting Jax's words to tickle the nape of her neck. The large being crouched beside her, 
his face finally pale once more, but his breathing was still labored. What if it's Z? <laughs> he wouldn't have left us back there like that to claim the prize for himself. I know you two aren't close anymore, and that's none of my business, but I don't think Z would just strand us here. Willa nibbled on her lip, contemplating Jack's logic. I guess we just have to roll with it and hope it's in our favor. She grinned up at her friend as he nodded in agreement. On three. One. Two. Three. The pair exploded into the room, a battle cry tumbling from their lips. The room was lined with glass cases featuring unnameable precious items. Lavish tapestries covered every available wall space while pedestals of gold, jewels, and more zigzagged throughout the entirety of the room. And in the center stood Z. Ah, the lovers finally came to see me claim my prize. Your prize. Come on, Z, don't do this, man. This isn't you. Wouldn't claim it for himself and strand us, huh? But Goliath shook his head, not allowing Willa to be right. It's not? I think we both know that's a lie, my simple friend. What the fuck, Z? Don't pull this shit now. Too late. I summoned thee, Torva Messer, keeper of the dead and lost souls. I have found what you have been searching for. Wind blasted through the room, knocking over jewels and paintings. Willa and Jax were thrusted off their feet, floating absently before slamming into the door through which they came. Inky tendrils of vicious smoke oozed along the floor, converging onto the traitorous sorcerer. Z howled in excitement, an oxidized miniature scale held high in victory over his head. As the smoke plumed, Jax reached out, yanking Willa to his callous body, shielding her from the worst of the windstorm. As the smoke ebbed, a lone figure stood in the haze. Torva Messor. We meet again, my little champions. And not a minute to spare, I might add. Orange flames danced within the velvet hood of the figure standing before the player. He took in his band of misfits, assessing the divide. Oh my, is there a rift among you? How very, uh, intriguing. Jax and Willa rise from their positions by the door. The two move deeper into the room, drawn like puppets to their master in the center of the room. Shall you reveal to me the item with which you broker your freedom? An opaque skeleton hand gestured toward Z and the object in his hand. Z sauntered forward, a coy smile plastered on his face. I present to you the phylactery of Lich, your Kelamore scales and crystals of balance. In the human sorcerer's hand was a blemished silver scale, its tower comprising of a fisted skeleton hand, holding up the opposing sides of the scale. Simple silver dishes hung from woven chains, tinkling with each step Z placed. From his pocket, he produced two crystals, one black and one white. The Balancers of Life. Well done, my dear boy. I want you to know that I am the sole proprietor of this prize. Neither of them helped me find what you were looking for. You fucking murder, Hobo Z! I fucking always knew you were a snake, but this is low even for you. Silence! Silence! The room shook. 
the players each taking an unconscious step back from the god. As I was saying, well done, Z, in finding my scales. Torva moved to Z, his robe sweeping with his gait, but not uttering a sound. Accepting the scale and stones, he held them high in his bony fingers, examining his property. It truly has been ages since I've looked upon these. No matter. Torva tossed the scale and stones over his shoulder, the players gasping in unison. I have no use for these when I can already see the measure of your soul. As the words bled into their ears, shock raced along Z's face. But, but you said... I said fine phylactery, not some trinket I fancied ages ago. And since you so kindly told me you were the soul acquirer, your soul is now mine. White lightning erupted from the cuffs of the robe, slamming into Z with the whole force of nature and hell combined. Z screeched in pain, his body Ah. erupting in flames. He burned as if his skin was constructed of kindling, leaving a charred husk in a matter of blinks. Jax and Willa stood, mouths open in shocked horror at the quick demise of their longtime friend and cohort. The god of death turned towards them, glee emanating from his robed shoulders. Such a shame. I really did have high hopes for you. Lightning sparked at Torva's skeleton fingertips, and that was all the warning the duo received. Sparks crackled as they charged forward, death hissing on their tongues. Frozen, Willow was prepared to see the next life when the shadow of Jack's hulking form slid into the path of the lightning. The impact thrust them into the air, Jax's body convulsing as he sailed over Willa and into the glass case of priceless artifacts. With a cry, Willa's body skipped like a stone over a heavy slab table, trinkets and knickknacks cascading to the floor. In too much pain to move, Willa lie on the cold floor, her eyes squeezing shut. Not from the pain of her injuries, but from the pain of watching her friend's death. I thought you said you were real players of the game. Where is your fight? (laughs) Torva's laugh shivered down Willa's spine. She refused to lay there like a coward. Groaning, she rolled onto her side, rustling up the courage to stand. When something caught her eye, a small, delicate crystal sphere lay inches from her face. As she took a closer look, she noticed the crystal was forged of something not natural or made. It twinkled with iridescent ebony light, as though a tiny solar system was condensed inside its crystalline walls. Snaking closer, Willa was just able to make out the intricate design of each facet. Gasping, Willa snatched the crystal and pushed herself to her feet. Ah, there you are. Are you ready to face your penalty for failing to complete your task? Fuck your task, you monolithic necromancer! With a cry, Jack smashed a leg from a stone table into the side of Torva's head. Both beings hit the ground, the earth quaking on impact. Jax! With surprising agility, Willa sprung to her friend's side. His breathing was even more labored now, 
a clear sign of exhaustion depleting the barbarian's health. Stay with me, Jax. Stay with me. You're going to make it through this. Please don't leave me. <laughs> as long as you make it out, then my job is complete. Don't you dare talk like that, Jax. Jax, Jax. Jax stared blankly at the ceiling, his colossal chest finally coming to rest. Sneaky fool still had one more trick in him. Willow whipped towards Torva, the demon god rubbing the space where his temple should be. She seethed, pulling herself away from the corpse of her dead friend. Hey, asshole, here's your fucking phylactery. Willa tossed the crystal to the god, its uneven sides making it zigzag toward his feet. Stopping, the markings glowed, illuminating two simple shapes. Two perfect X's. The Roman numeral for 20. Torva's eyes blazed with hot sapphire light before returning to their normal orange hue. I guess you're never too old for a surprise ending. With those final words, the floor tilts, plummeting Willa into the void. A harsh rapping jolts Willa awake. She looks around to find herself back in her car, still parked in front of the toy box. The rapping continues, stirring her from her haze. Was it all real? She looks up into the sheepish face of Zack, their regular dungeon master. She steps out, her mind not believing what she was seeing. Hey, sorry to keep you waiting. I totally crashed after work today, but um, I'll tell you what. To make it up to you guys, I have this really awesome campaign ready to go. Um, where are Jackson and Z? Zach's words fade into nothing as movement in the store draws her attention. Hank stands in the glow of the arced closed door, a sly grin parting his wrinkled face. Slowly... He flips the sign to close before winking one flaming orange eye and disappearing into nothingness. This has been a Morbid Forest production. On this week's episode, you've heard Roll of the Dice, written by Naomi Richard, with narration by our wonderful friends from the Noctivity Gaunt podcast, Rory, Nick, and Jay, and the supporting narration by Josh Holbrook, Naomi Richards, and Sean Moreau. Love spooky and paranormal books, but don't have time to join a book club? Well, check out Noctivigaunt, where the trio of Rory, Nick, and Jay review awesome books so you don't have to. There's a link in the show notes and you can go ahead and follow them on Instagram and on Twitter. Feeling the chill of winter? Then head over to redbubble.com and pop over to the Morbid Forest 21 page for a cozy sweater, a thick blanket, and all of your other merch needs. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter for your latest info on the show. Looking for a little more of the Morbid Forest? Become a Patreon today and gain access to the bonus episodes where we take a deeper dive into the forest. 
as always. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you next week, travelers, on the Morbid Forest.